0: a good day praise god if you have your bibles let's go to matthew the seventh chapter two verses of scripture in matthew seven if you were not here for the adult sunday school lesson brother ramirez this man is unbelievable awesome awesome lesson he's got a lot to be thankful for we all do And uh, I'm waiting for the day that baby Evelyn comes through those doors. (laughs) God's a good God. Don't think that God doesn't know where you're at and what's going on. He does. I preached a few months ago, and somehow in my message, I got this scripture involved and I, I just can't get it off my mind, so we're going to start with this. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. We, we're familiar with it. If you want to, let's, let's read it together. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh, findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be open how many want something from the lord today i i've been touched already today i've heard a good word but i've got something to share with you and i hope i hope i can lift you up a little bit and uh, i know god's in this house and the main thing is that we don't want to cut god short He's a mighty God. Don't you know that? He's omnipresent, He's omniscient and he's all-powerful. He's here to help you today. but the problem is not on his end. The problem sometimes, most of the time is on our end. We're the ones that hold back. We're the ones that's reluctant. And I hope I've got a word for you today when I preach from this topic. I've got a mission. Let's say that, I've got a mission. Look to your neighbor and say, I've got a mission. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I've got a mission. When I looked at this scripture, Matthew 7, that's really not the mission scripture. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I did a little more digging, and sometimes when you find a scripture or something, even if it's David and Goliath or Noah and the ark or Jonah and the whale, you can always find something good about it, something that you haven't saw before that just kind of jumps out at you. I'm going to share this with you. That's why I put this up here first. In the seventh chapter of Matthew, in verse 7, it says to ask. And that, that word, I, I won't go through all of the... Um, Hebrew words for that or the, the Greek words um, it means to beg to call to crave or to desire to desire we're familiar with asking how many ever ask and they get no and they keep asking and they get no and they keep asking and they get no and you just wear them out don't you just wear them out okay ask and it shall be given to you That word given is to do exactly what it says. It's translated to give or to supply. How many know that God loves you? And the whole idea about asking is asking for the right reason. If you ask God for all of your stuff, I don't think nothing's going to happen. But if you ask God to do something with you in his kingdom, I think that's going to happen. Well, again, it goes from asking to giving, from seeking. Everybody knows how to seek God. If you do not know how to seek God, you need to learn. You need to learn and seek God with all of your heart. Because, listen, it's simple stuff. It's not going to happen if you don't go seeking for it. It's not going to happen if you don't go looking for God. If you think God's just going to come up and answer to you and just find you wherever you're at, and without you doing anything, that's not going to happen. God's put it in a sense that if you want Him, you got to go after Him. We sang about His goodness is, is, is coming after me. It's running after me. But you've got to let the goodness of God find you. You've got to slow down and turn God's way. Isn't it that much fun when, you, when the grandkids come chasing after you and you don't go running away. You turn and you run into them because you know what? It's picking them up and it's holding them really close. It's feeling secure. It's getting that big hug from God, and that's exactly what some of us are missing. That's what you need in your life. You need God to pick you up and give you a good hug and secure and pat you on the back say, Raj, everything's going to be all right, but I can't get there if I don't go seeking after him. So I want to seek God every time I get it. That doesn't just mean on Sunday morning. Seek. You will find. Go after strive for. You're going to find what God's going to give you. He's going to supply. <clears throat> that word, again, uh, seek and you shall find. Knock. Knock means knock. It's easy. And it shall be open unto you. Things are opportunities God will open to you. But here's what I want to get that's a little different. When you go into the eighth verse, you see the same words sometimes, but there's some changes. For everyone, he said, that asketh, everyone that uh, goes after God with all their desire, everyone that asketh him <clears throat> receiveth. When you receive something here in this verse, this word means it's in your hand. little different, isn't it? Things are opened up. But if I go after God and if I go asking him for things and I'm going to receive something, this can be translated as I've got a hold of it. That's the difference of when you go after God with all of your heart, when you ask him for for kingdom things, God's going to give it to you and he's going to place it into your hand. And here's another important part. He that seeketh. Different word here. This can be translated as worship. Oh, I didn't know that. It can be translated, he that worships him. He that worships him findeth. This can be translated also as to understand and know. So if I just want to seek and get, that's fine. But I want to worship and understand. Ha, huh. different, isn't it? I kind of like that. That's just something to him that knocketh. It's the same thing. It'll be open to you. So when you go looking for God, you got to look for him with all of your heart. When you go looking for God and you find him, you got to empty everything out. I'm telling you, empty everything out. Because that's when it's just between you and God. I've got some other points in this other message, and uh, I'm sorry, in these other scriptures that we're going to get into and uh, we're talking about a mission. How many know what a mission is? Sometimes our businesses have mission statements. Uh, sometimes we can look at the dictionary can find out, oh, it's a, a, a group of people sent to a foreign country for, as a, a Christian, as a foreign mission. But a mission, it can be a group of people, we said, to conduct negotiations. It can be a business that's, that can uh, uh, put a, a business line together that's charged. Or it can be any important task, let's say Task an important task or duty that it is assigned and allotted to me. That's my mission. It's an important goal, an important purpose that's accompanied by what? Strong conviction, a calling, or a vocation. So when you've got an idea that God's calling you to do something, He not only puts you on a mission, He's given you the strength to go through with it. As long as you stay in touch with him and as long as you keep in communication, as we learned in our lesson, with the tower, and as long as you keep hearing his voice, you will complete your mission. People, Tom, the devil wants us to exit easy. The devil wants us to throw the towel in, so to speak, and say, man, that's just too much. He always is after that. He's always after that. I never have enough time for me. It's not about you and your time, it's about God and your time with God. Why? Because other people are involved in your mission. May 14th, 1804 to September 23rd, 1806. President then, Thomas Jefferson, organized an expedition headed by Meriwether Lewis and William Clark and 40 other men. One of those was Brother Buck. (laughs) I had to do that, Brother Buck. They went from St. Charles, Missouri to Fort Clatspoth, Oregon, and back, a combined distance of over eight, thousand miles. This is known as the Lewis and Clark Trail. These guys were given three purposes for their mission. Number one, to establish a trade network across the country. Number two, to befriend the Native Americans that they would meet along the way. And number three, to confirm or deny that there was a Northwest Passage to the Pacific Ocean. I like Going through things like that. Sometimes, maybe after I'm retired <coughs> or for our 50th wedding anniversary, <laughs> we'll get our bikes and trek the Lewis and Clark Trail. No. <laughs> You can do that. You can travel the exact same route that Lewis and Clark and those guys did. And it's plainly marked because there's a National Historic Trail signs all over. And you can bike the journey 3,547 miles one way. I don't think so. So (coughs) I'm not asking and God's not asking you to journey thousands of miles in the wilderness But there is a mission here. I feel somebody needs to get in touch with God, and there's a mission for you that you can do. But we need to spiritually rise up to the next level in God. The other people here are depending, and other people in your family, maybe other people in your your oikos or your your group of people, coworkers, whatever it is, are, are depending on how successful you are in your mission in touching God. Sometimes they're all the Jesus that they're, you're going to see is what you bring to them every day at work. Sometimes they need something from God, and it's up to you and I to give it to them. It's up to you and I to testify what God has done for us whenever the chance is. And it's a good thing. Why? Because there's so much negative that goes on in the world. This world needs a good testimony from a good apostolic Pentecostal, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost person. America needs saving. America needs saving. America needs a revival. It isn't going to happen by any other religious group. You're not going to get it from the Buddhists. You're not going to get it from from, uh, the Muslims. You're going to get it from another. You're going to get it from an apostolic, anointed, revival church. You're going to get it from a church that worships God like never before. You're going to get it from somebody that has a tremendous testimony from God. So they need to hear us. They need to know that you're on a mission to get something from God. It's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing. And I'm not just whining or tooting my horn or nothing like that, but it's a heavy thing to stand behind this pulpit. It's a big responsibility. And it's a heavy thing to make sure that you're in touch with God. Especially now. Now. Because when it comes time, if we're all in an airplane, when it comes time to jump out with your parachute because things are going down, I want to be sure I got a hold of something that's true. I want to be sure I've got the backpack. I, I, I'm sorry, the, the parachute and not the kid's backpack. I want to be sure that it's going to be working. I want to be sure that I've got the one true living God. I want to be sure that, that I am prayed up, that I am filled with the Holy Ghost, that I'm close to God as I could ever get. I don't want to play around with church. I don't want to say, oh, well, this isn't for me today. I don't want to throw things aside and say, I'm too good. I'm too right. I'm too proud of myself that I don't need anything from God I want to be sure that I'm right with him ha if there's one thing that you can do be sure you're ready to meet God because he's coming my friend he's on his way let's go to mark the fifth chapter for the rest of our service the rest of our message here and I'm hurrying mark the fifth chapter this was a busy time for Jesus the fourth and fifth chapters where he just got out of um, going across the, the Sea of Galilee with uh, his disciples, put him in the boat, storm was coming up, all the other boats the Bible says was with him, and he gets up in the middle and he steals the storm, doesn't he? And his disciples say, man, there's something, This 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 Jesus is amazing. Even the winds and the seas, uh, uh, he, he command just the winds and the seas. So when he gets out of the boat and he puts his foot down in uh, this the country of the Gadarenes, there's a Gadarene demoniac that they tell him all about. This guy's been going through the graveyards, driving everybody crazy. You know, and all of a sudden, this guy shows up at his feet, bowing down and worshiping. Powerful thing. So he gets back in the boat, comes back across the uh, Sea of Galilee. and ends up here in the fifth chapter of Mark, verse 21. When Jesus had passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him. He was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now I could just stop right there and preach the rest of this. Because it's an amazing thing when you find the ruler of the synagogue bowing down at Jesus' feet in the city of Capernaum. That didn't always happen. But Jarius knew who he was, heard about him. It's an important thing. When you're a ruler of the synagogue, he was one that conducted the services. He was the one that sat over on the side. He was the one that managed everything. He was the person that was responsible for the overseeing of what went on in the synagogue. But the main thing is that we find out about Jairus here in this fifth chapter is that he was sent on a mission. The Bible says that his daughter was dying. And, and, And I think that, just allow me some of Raj's input into this. <clears throat> we all, when people get sick, we say, oh, well, just take some aspirin and, you know, th- throw some Advil and just go to bed, get a good night's sleep, you'll be fine. Even with the kids, they'll give them some syrup or whatever, get mom's old grandma's recipe, and concoction. And when when we were in Georgia, these people in Georgia are amazing. They had all kinds of remedies, Chop up an onion and gargle the juice, make a poultice, put it on you, all kinds of stuff. Oh, my Lord, get a tree root from someplace, put it around your neck. I guess it worked. I don't know. They had all kinds of things. But the reason that I'm saying this is you you don't really get that desperate when it first starts, does it? when it lingers for another week or another month, you know, and then the wife comes to you and says, Jarius, you know, we, we got to do something. Okay, well, I'm the doctor. Okay, because he's the ruler of the synagogue. You know, he's, he's, he's Jarius. And, you know, maybe maybe one of the servants can do what you want and we can send it all out and do that kind of thing. didn't happen this time. It got all the way down to the bottom all the way down to the fever, all the way down to the sickness, all the way down to the slow breathing, all the way down. I don't know exactly what was wrong with the girl. Bible does say that she was 12 years old. But this I do know that his wife said, Jarius, those of us that have been married for a long time, 50 years. Raj, yes, dear. Get that fixed. Yes, dear. <laughs> Jarius, Yes, dear. You go get Jesus. And you can't push this off to somebody else because this is too important. Whatever God's got for you, you can't rely on somebody else to get that for you and bring it back to you and say, Here, Master, here's what I got. That's not going to work. That's not how God works. That's not what Jesus is going to do for you. You know what's going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. When his wife sent him on a mission Go find Jesus and bring him back home. That means everything that I hear in church, everything that I hear in a service, everything that I hear when somebody preaches or teaches, everything that God speaks to you, inspires you with, everything that goes on and you feel it and hear it with your soul, it's important that you take that home. Why? We learned that we're priests of our home. We learned this. If you want to improve your home, you take Jesus back to the home. You don't let something in the car on the way home rob you of that you don't let an argument settle you something and forget about what you heard when you hear a word from God you take it back and you give it and you spread it out to your family and it'll change your home because that's what it's designed to do he's a ruler I don't you know this is what I had to wrestle with this a little bit sometimes pride will get in your way and that's a big obstacle. <sighs> Ask me; I know. A big obstacle. I'm not gonna be seen going down that altar. You kidding me? <laughs> I can't. I can't walk down that aisle. I I, I can't. You know, I I'll, I'll just stay the way I am. Maybe the daughter dies. Maybe she doesn't. He didn't get a question from his wife. So, Jarius, why did you go get Jesus? I don't ever want that question. Because desperation sits in with the parents, and that there's no service, no, no servant that can handle this. Jarius, you've got to do this yourself. And if you want something for God, you've got to do this yourself. And if you think that God's just going to meet you and he's going to just find you right there and you don't have to really do all the requirements that everybody else has to do, I think you've got something else coming because God knows your heart. And when you think that you're too proud and that you've got too much and you don't want to be seen and you don't want this and that, you've got something else coming. I was there. I, I didn't get the Holy Ghost because I went to the altar to appease somebody else. It wasn't to appease me. It wasn't to appease. It was just to appease my girlfriend. She's the one that kept yapping in my ear. Okay, I'll shut you up. I'll go over there and I'll pray. Didn't do anything. So proud of you That's not hard. <laughs> Got an extra hug because I went to the altar. <laughs> Bad thing is, youth camp nineteen seventy one August the third. That's when I went from doing things for other people. That's how I started. And then I ended up caught up in the presence of God. Whew. And it's been a beautiful thing ever since. That's when it all flipped over and it said, you know, I've got to do this for me. I've got to get to Jesus for myself. I don't have to get to Jesus because my wife told me to go find him. That's why when I stopped here and it says uh, that, that he went and he bowed himself at Jesus' feet. To worship him, says, Lord, I know who you are. There's nobody that's going to tell me that you're just a carpenter's son. There's nobody to tell me that you just generate out of the, uh, of the Capernaum City here. I've heard too much about you, and I'm in a desperate place. I'm tired of living this way. I can't go home without you. You've got to come with me. That's how desperate people get. That's when you get the Holy Ghost that says, I don't care who's around me. I'm going to reach to you, Lord. I don't want to listen to them because I'm not. My My mind is locked into you. I know you've got something for me, and I'm here to get it. Nobody's going to step in front of me and keep me away from getting you, and I need you every day, not just back in 71. I need you today more than ever. (laughs) Hallelujah. So don't cut yourself short. Don't you think somebody else could just, you could just go on the radio or on the Internet somewhere and listen to some message and get tickled here and there and say, I'm all right with God. You're not all right with God. God's got something more important for you. Why? He wants to touch you down inside your soul. He wants to open everything up and say, I'm here for you, Raj. I know what you're going through. Oh. oh, my, again, our country needs saved. My heart breaks every time I hear some stupid news. Well, Lord, why are they doing that? Who invited that into the schools? Who did all of this stuff? I have daughters-in-law that teach in the schools. I ask them all the time, how's school? And I know they're fine, but I want to know how the school is, the atmosphere of the school I'm concerned. This is why they go, the devil goes after your children. If you're not praying for your kids every day, if you're not covering them with the blood every day, do you understand why you need to touch God? Do you understand why God's got something special for you? You're on a mission. Why? Because you've got people to touch. And it can't happen with the same old, same old. So pride can keep you from doing God's will in your life. Too proud. Verse twenty three, thus saith the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Oh we're talking about pride. I'm sorry. Jeremiah, the ninth chapter. Where am I going? Jeremiah, the ninth chapter, talking about pride. What can I say? Pride is evil. They've turned that word into the worship of their gods. It's all attached. Jonathan Kahn's book, here's another, the third one ref- reference to that. It's called gay pride, and J- June is Pride Month. Pride will keep you from God. You know, and and it's not so much that they really want you; they they love to have you on their trophy shelf. It's not so much that they want that. It's they don't want you involved in church. They don't want you involved in prayer. They don't want you involved in. Fasting. They don't want you involved in seeking God. They don't want you involved in his, reading his word because they know how powerful that is. So every chance you get, you teach the word of God to your kids. You have Bible studies with your family. You pray every day. You pray over your house. You ask God to bless it, whatever is going on. You always have the presence of God involved in your home all the time, especially now. There's sometimes people will come by and they're, you know, they're going to steal or something of that. And, and we're talked about being secure in God this morning. They'll pass your house up for somebody else. Why? Because they know that house is guarded. Whew. So let's talk about pride. There's so many scriptures on pride. I just chose these two, this one of uh, two verses in Jeremiah. Because it's kind of fitting in here, Jeremiah nine, twenty three and twenty four. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Look at all the stuff, all the decrees I have, and you know, I've got this diploma and that and all that on my wall. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. I see this every day at work. I don't know who they are, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't even gonna tell you where I work, but we're five star senior living facilities in Naples. And you gotta have millions in order to apply. And we even have a couple of billionaires living down there. I don't know who they are. I might have changed their light bulb or cleaned their dryer vent or I don't know what but they sure love their money and as long as they have their money they don't think about god but the way this country's going and the economy's going it's going to dry up and then what are they going to do hey raj <laughs> that would be a good work order this this unit needs a bible study <laughs> it happen Could happen Not let the rich man glory in his riches. It's not what all that you do. It's what God allows you to do. Verse 24. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For these things I delight, saith the Lord. (laughs) So we go back to Jairus, and he's still at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him. And the thing that I point out about him is he's got an attitude of submission. And that's important. It's important that you come to God with an attitude of submission to him. That, Lord, you're all that matters. That's when I got the Holy Ghost. It's not that I went to the altar because my girlfriend asked me. It's something took over. And I said, now, Lord, I need you more than ever. And whatever it is you've got, I want it. Because I've been in this church for 14 years, and I've seen it all around. I've heard the songs I've seen parents and I've seen other adults in my church growing up and all that stuff, but I haven't got what they want and I need it now. That's when I got it because I was submitting. Not from an outsider's influence. Because when you go to God from an outsider's influence, you're not submitted at all. You don't know how to grovel to God yet. It's when there's nothing else. It's when there's there's no doctor can do anything. It's when nothing can happen. Nobody can put anything together. It's nobody's come up with this thing yet, or or science, or anything. It's when the baby's only one pound and something ounces. There's nothing else. Who. Brother Jorge, you've got, you're going to have such an enormous mission. You're going to have such an enormous ministry. And it's all because of the stuff you go through. Why? Because you understand that you submit yourself to God. It's when pride comes in and you don't submit and you say, oh, I can do it on my own. Oh, I've still got money in the bank. Oh, my car is still good. You know, it's not broke down or this or that. Or anything. It's when you say, Lord, there's no food in the table. There's nothing in the cupboard. The refrigerator is broke. This is that. And when you get way back into the corner, that's when you get down. Jairus, that's when you get down and you say, I know I'm a ruler of the synagogue. I know everything about all of the Torah and all the scrolls and everything else. I know how to conduct all that stuff, but you know what? I can't save my daughter. You know what? There's nothing I can do to reach her, but you can. You can, Lord, and there's nothing. Your arm's not short. There's nothing that you cannot do. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or seek. So worship from the attitude of submission and not because somebody just, hey, hey, come on, you need to go to the altar. You may be asked today, and it's up to you to decide. Oh, I'm going to take Jesus home. I'm going to get all that I can get. or I'm going to go back the same way I have. Worship with an attitude of submission. I wrote down here the alabaster box. Is there ever an example of total submission and total worship? When nobody expected it. And Jesus knew. But it's such a wonderful thing to go through all of that. And and you, you fight through all of this stuff. And you, you think that Jarius. He knew which street Jesus was. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he could take it back and he say, yeah, I turned left here and I went over there. And he, uh, he wasn't there. I had to go through this market. And, over, and I found him over here on this corner. I'm sure he could go back and find the trail. I could take you back to Buckeye Lake. They've all remodeled it now. But I could point to you and say I started over here and I end up over here. Because it's worth all that I have. Verse 23, he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, at the point of death, I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and that she may live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. All the time this happened. Why? Because they needed him. They needed their healing. So Jairus has got Jesus going in for him. He's finally found him. He's finally coming back. He said, hold on. There's no cell phone. There's no communication. Go tell my wife that he's on his way. But wait, something happened. This is always something happens in the middle of you're going somewhere, and there's always something else happens. It's a test that I could get angry and say, come on. Push that lady out of the way. I got him this time. I got the ticket. Come on, Jesus. I'm pulling him in the arm. Come on, let's go. Hurry, 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 hurry. You always take time out for somebody else to get a touch from God. Why? Because they're going to have a tremendous testimony. Here's what I get out of this lady. A certain woman, we've heard it preached many times, had an issue of blood for 12 years. I didn't take time to study this out, but there's something about 12. This lady had the issue for 12 years. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. I don't know why that's in there. It's in there for a reason. And he says she suffered many things from many physicians and spent all that she had. Isn't this how we work? Here's a lady that's kind of procrastinating, and how many does that? Yeah, come on. We all procrastinate, put things off. As long as we have money, we'll be all right. Here, go this, to this, go over here, do that. She spent all that she had, nothing got better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind, touched his garment. I think there's a twofold thing here. This lady got her healing miraculously, but I also think that this opened Jairus's eyes even bigger. Whoa. It was a faith test, I think. For she said, "If I can just touch his clothes, I can be whole if I can just make it to church, I'll be fine if I can just sing the songs I'll be fine if I can just feel the presence of God in the in the sanctuary I'll be fine if I can just get to the altar and 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 pour my heart out i'll be I'll be fine if I can just feel his presence I'll be fine." If I could just feel God pick me up and say, It's going to be all right, Raj. It'll be fine. You know how many times he's done that to me? Daily thing? My altar in my home is a rocking chair. It's an Abe Lincoln rocking chair. Nobody shot me yet. <laughs> I sit in there, and sometimes I just start weeping. Because I feel the presence of God just hold me. Sometimes I just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, it's really bad. If you haven't seen it, it's bad. So I need some assurance here, Jesus. And that's all I'll get. Sometimes the whole hour is just sitting there crying in the presence of God. But oh man, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. She said, if I can just touch his garment, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt her body, felt it in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately knows in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? God knows when you touch him. God knows when you're submissive. God knows when you just for an outside influence saying, hey, Lord, I'm here. Even to just say, hallelujah. Even to just say, Lord, I'm here again. (laughs) Even to just say, Lord, I made it one more time. (sighs) Even if I just come into this house, come to this altar, raise my hands and say, thank you, Jesus. That's a big step for some of us. But you know what? If it's from a submissive heart, God's going to see and know that you've touched him. Oh, now I know Raj is serious. <laughs> the disciples turned to him and said, You see the multitude here? What do you mean who touched me? Everybody did. No, no, no. He looked around to see that what he had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knows what had done in her. Came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. That's all God wants from you. All the truth. He said unto her daughter, "My f- thy faith hath made thee whole; go in peace, be whole of thy plague." musicians if you would come, <coughs> while you yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain which said, isn't it like this all the time? You have a great thing happen and you have a a wonderful presence of God. Isn't it like this all the time that something comes in? The devil comes in again and he tries to discourage you. Your daughter's dead. Why do you trouble the master anymore? And as soon as Jesus heard this word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And there's always time to hear somebody's testimony what God's done. Always a good time. Always a good thing to read. Stand with me, if you would, please. Verse 37, he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue Finally made it back. And he sees the tumult and the chaos. And them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto her, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but she's just sleeping. And they laughed him to scorn. That means they mocked him. What are you talking about? When he had put them all out, He takes the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him, Peter, James, and John. And when he entered into where the damsel was lying, he took her hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Straightway the damsel arose and walked. for She was of the age of 12 years. They were astonished with great astonishment he charged them straightly that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given to her to eat amazing story amazing inter- en- ending to a mission that Jarius's wife sent him on you need something from the Lord I don't know what it is he does something you may have carried for 12 years I don't know what it is Something that you've wrestled with. I don't know what it is, but he, he's given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And you're there. The best thing you can do for you is to keep coming back. The worst thing you can do is just come and just leave. All you got is your mission is what, 60 feet and you're here. We'll help you, we'll pray with you, but you have to have the submissive heart. You really do. I've got one scripture to share with you, and then I'm going to turn this uh, altar service over open up this altar. The good thing about God is He always knows where you're at. You believe you're God's. You believe God loves you and God sees you and God knows where you're going sometimes the devil will think it'll get in your mind and say ah he's not seeing what i'm doing so as long as i don't tell anybody it'll be fine that's not a lie that's a lie god sees everything and knows everything even when you think he doesn't even when you're saying oh poor little raj i've never been so bad and so awful in this way and that way but god sees it and god knows job 23 says this behold i go forward but he's not there. And backwards, I can't perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I can't behold him. He hides himself on the right that I can't see him. But he knows the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So if you hear of a testimony, don't think God has has left you, or God's not including you. He is. I've got my duty to say, Lord, it's all my heart to you. I'm emptying my soul because I need you every day. This altar's open. You want to come pray? Come on. You need something. Somebody here needs something from God, and you're on a mission today, and it can end right here at this place. Come on, come on. I know you're here. God's going to help you. if you call.